Sermon 4.4 Believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit, not the leaven of the Pharisees. Luke chapter 12, verses 1 through 12. In the meantime, when an innumerable multitude of people had gathered together so that they trampled one another, he began to say to his disciples, first of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed nor hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have spoken in the ear in inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. And I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that, have no more that they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins? And not one of them is forgotten before God. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. As I say to you, whoever confesses me before men, him the Son of Man also will confess before the angels of God. But he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. And anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But to him who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven. Now when they bring you to the synagogues and magistrates and authorities, do not worry about how or what you should answer, or what you should say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Let's look at the leaven of the Pharisees in the Bible. My fellow believers, what are the bad points of the hypocritical Pharisees? One of them is that they didn't accept Jesus Christ the Son of God, and the work that he did because they thought they lived really righteous and good lives. Those Jews didn't believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, and they thought a new Messiah would come from heaven. But what is the truth? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to this earth 2,000 years ago and fulfilled all God's righteousness by taking all mankind's sins by his baptism in the Jordan River and dying on the cross. You and I have received the remission of our sins by believing that Jesus Christ had eradicated all our sins. Anyone can receive the remission of all his sins if he completely knows and believes in the work that Jesus Christ did. But the Pharisees and lawyers didn't believe this fact. What was their reason? It was because they put the word of God in the same precepts that came down from the mouths of the teachers of the law and served it that way. They didn't care very much about what the Bible said about it. For example, they inherited traditions from the elders and said, a person who eats without washing his hands is a rude and dirty person who doesn't believe in God. That's the way they were. 
according to the precepts they inherited, a person who did not wash his hands was not a person who believed in God and a person who degenerated into a sinner. My fellow believers, we must know well what it is that Jesus Christ says. That is because we are prone to have the same faith as these Pharisees if we screw up. If we just make a small mistake, we can place the traditional teachings kept by the big denominations of the world like the Presbyterians, Methodists, and the full gospel church who are prevalent in the world in the same place as Bible and believe in them instead of having faith founded in the word of God. You and I should never believe that way. Only God is good and only his word is right. No ideology or denomination can be spoken of on the same level as God. Therefore, we must correctly know and believe in the word in the Bible by carefully considering each word to figure out what it's saying and examining the context. You can also come into upright faith immediately if you come to completely receive the remission of all your sins through the Bible. It is just like when Nicodemus came to Jesus Christ and was born again that same night. Thus, it doesn't require a lot of time for you to be born again. So, let's now read today's scripture passage verse by verse together and carefully consider each word. In the meantime, when an innumerable multitude of people had gathered together so that they trampled one another, he began to say to his disciples, first of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Luke chapter 12, verse 1. Our Lord told his disciples here to beware the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. What kind of people were those Pharisees? They were people who claimed to believe in God and live according to his word, but the reality was that they didn't know the deeper meaning of the basics spoken of in the word of God believed only according to the letter of it, attended synagogues diligently, and claimed to live very lofty lives. They were people who were pious on the outside, but had no spiritual power and didn't truly believe in Jesus Christ and God. That is the way they were. These Pharisees did not perfectly believe in God. For example, the Ten Commandments say to keep the Sabbath day holy, but it never says in the Bible that one cannot place a needle in his clothes or walk more than a certain distance on the Sabbath. Even so, the Pharisees thought of such behavior as sin. It's obvious that their faith didn't know the Bible and was incorrect faith that was inherited as the traditions of their ancestors. Such is handed down to today's Christianity. There were denominations in our country that didn't buy things on Sunday in order to keep the Sabbath day holy. But they don't follow such traditions anymore. Faith that is not true cannot know the genuine righteousness of the Lord. My fellow believers, what was the reason that our Lord said to keep the Sabbath day holy? Keeping the Sabbath day is keeping the fact in our hearts 
that Jesus Christ eliminated all our sins. It doesn't mean that we should be bound to a certain date. We must keep the Lord's day by keeping the peace and rest in our hearts. I actually didn't even ride in a car on Sunday before I was born again. I thought that riding in a car on Sunday was a big sin because I was leading my religious life in the most conservative sect of Presbyterianism. I thought it was wrong to drive a car if I wanted to keep the word of God because he said to rest and not even make your cattle or sheep work on that day. But I came to realize the true meaning of the Sabbath day after I was born again. As Jesus Christ said that he is the master of the Sabbath day, the command to keep the Sabbath day means to know the fact that Jesus liberated us from all our sins by eliminating them and to enjoy that Sabbath day in our hearts. So, God said to beware of the hypocritical leaven of the Pharisees who didn't know this truth of God and only served him by their deeds. The leaven of the Pharisees here is the inherited teachings from the elders of their denomination. It is not the word of God. You and I don't have to inherit faith from the elders of denominations. We have to inherit faith that knows God's righteousness accurately. That is because we, the righteous, are people who have received the remission of all our sins before God by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit. Then, what kind of people today are hypocritical like these Pharisees? There are people who hold their Bibles on the left side of their chest and walk hypocritically trying to look pious. There are people who always smile and say hello every time they meet someone and act lawfully when they get up or sit down in front of other people. But what are those people really like? When they hear the word of God, they can't understand it and do not pay attention to it and then go home. They then toss their Bibles and return to the way they actually are. That is the hypocrisy of today's Christians. We also cannot help but fall into that kind of hypocrisy if we don't truly know and believe in the fact that Jesus Christ eliminated all our sins. People who haven't been born again are just showy on the outside. They can't truly love the Lord or believe in God either. We must know why Jesus Christ cursed the fig tree in leaf that had no fruit. The Lord cursing the fig tree that was only lush with leaves meant that Christians who are only thick with their splendid backgrounds but don't have the spirit in them will be cursed and judged at the last day. The Lord said, For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, nor hidden that will not be known. Luke chapter 12, verse 2. What does this mean? It means that even if a person can hide something from other people, he can never hide his heart from God or deceive him. Think about it. Can mankind hide the sins in their hearts before the almighty Jesus Christ? The Lord tells us to receive the remission of sins by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit while we are living on this earth. That is because Believers who have not received the remission of sins can never avoid God's judgment 
at the last day. Think for a moment of a person who hasn't been born again standing before the judgment seat of the Lord. The Lord will say, do you have sins? That person will say, Lord, I am a sinner. Then the Lord will say, really? Then go to hell. But what will he say to someone who has been born again? He will say, do you have sins? That person will say, Lord, I am very insufficient in my deeds, but I have no sins in my heart. That's not because I've lived my life well. I have no sins because you took them all for my sake. Then the Lord will say, so do you have sins or not? That person will say, I don't. Then the Lord will check to see if that person's name is recorded in the book of life or not. Every single thing people had hidden deep in their hearts will be revealed at that time. While believing in Jesus Christ, people think they can deceive themselves, that they can deceive others a hundred times better, and that they can even deceive God. There is no way for people to hide something before God. Even if they can follow the doctrines of their perspective denominations. The first thing that happens when a person with sin kneels before God to pray is that his sins come to his mind. All the sins he committed till now, including those big ones he committed 10 years ago, flash across his mind and he says in tears, Lord, I am a sinner. Please cleanse these sins. Then he goes home. What happens the next day? If he intends to pray before God to ask for something, his sins still pop up in his mind because God engraved them on the tablets of his heart and recorded them in the books of judgment or the books of deeds. That is the way it is. The sins recorded on the tablets of people's hearts are the sins recorded on the tablets of people's hearts and in God's books of judgment keep popping up in the minds of people who have them in their hearts. So the prayers of people who haven't been born again consist of 99% of prayers of repentance and only the remaining 1% is devoted for asking for things. So the prayers of people who haven't been born again consist of 99% of prayers of repentance and only the remaining 1% is devoted to asking for things. My fellow believers, keep that in mind. People who haven't been born again can never hide the fact that they are sinners before God. Wouldn't you like to pray boldly before God? Christians with sins in their hearts can't pray boldly before God, even if they want to. That is because all the sins inside of them are revealed before God. People who have received the remission of their sins by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit don't have sins in their hearts. But the sins of people who haven't received the remission of sins are accurately recorded on the tablets of their hearts. This is the huge difference between people who have received the remission of their sins and those who have not. My fellow believers, do you know Hans Christian Andersen's fairy tale, The Ugly Duckling? 
something went wrong and a swan egg ended up hatching with duck eggs. The baby swan thought his mother was a duck and followed her around. He stumbled around and followed her well. He followed her everywhere. The baby swan thought his mother was a duck and followed her around. He stumbled around and followed her well. He followed her everywhere. Birds are really funny if you think about it. That's because they think that whatever the first thing they see after being born is their mother. Anyway, this baby swan that lived with ducklings was hated. Ducks' feathers are yellow, but swans are white. Because he was different from them, the ducklings hated him, saying, Oh, look at that ugly duckling. The mother duck hated him along with them. Then one day, the duck family went to a lake to go swimming, and some swans had also come to swim. The swan mother looked and saw that there was a baby swan among the ducks. She said, huh, how'd my baby get over there? Come here, come here. From then on, the ugly duckling wasn't hated and lived happily among the swans. My fellow believers, God's church that has truly received the remission of sins is good and beautiful. God's church is a place where every member of it has truly received the remission of sins. A person is a sinner if he has sins in his heart, but he has received the remission of sins if he has no sin at all. There is actually no one in this world who has no sin and who doesn't commit sins. But God said, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Psalms 32 verse 1. Mankind can be freed from sin and became the righteous of God because Jesus took all the sins of the world. Beloved saints, I hope that you don't hide yourselves before God. I came to know and believe in Jesus when I was 20, but I actually hid myself a long time ago for 10 years before I was born again. I was a person at that time who believed in the doctrine of Calvinism wholeheartedly as a Presbyterian. And I did many wonders and signs at that time. Every time I entered the chapel when there was a revival meeting, I was full of grace and really happy. So I quit drinking and smoking and started speaking in tongues and seeing visions not long after. But in the meantime, the sins I had committed were recorded in my heart. I found out later that I was a sinner. I thought it was all right even though I had sinned and that even though I had sins, I would go to the kingdom of heaven because I believed in Jesus. When I found a passage that says, now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. Romans chapter 8, verse 9. I thought I had the Holy Spirit in my heart like that when I spoke in tongues. But all of those thoughts were incorrect. I realized after I was born again that people who have sins in their hearts are people without the Holy Spirit. Eliminating a person's sins is only possible through the word of God. 
A person's sins never go away by speaking in tongues, offering many prayers of repentance, fasting, or working hard to get rid of them. The word repentance means to turn back. People with sins can no longer be sinless no matter how clean they try to live. They go to hell. That means people have no sins if Jesus eliminated them all, but will go to hell if he didn't. Accordingly, they come to receive the remission of sins by knowing how the Lord had eliminated them and accepting in their hearts the fact of what he had done. We must fear God. Rich people often look down on the poor and put on airs, saying, Geez, these fools who can't make money. We must fear God. Rich people often look down on the poor and put on airs, saying, Geez, they're fools who can't make money. I only worked for a little while, made a great deal of money, and am living well. What's their problem? There are some Christians who do the same. They put on airs, saying, I can go to the kingdom of heaven no matter what anyone says about me. That denomination I belong to, this big denomination. There are some Christians who do the same. They put on airs, saying, I can go to the kingdom of heaven no matter what anyone says about me. That's because I belong to this big denomination. I've believed in God in this denomination since I was little, and I did a lot of works for the Lord. The Lord gave me the gift of tongues. Even though I have sins, isn't this proof that I've been saved? They put on airs like this on this earth. But do they think they'll be able to do so after they die? What does it say in our hymn book? It says, Holy, 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 though the darkness hide thee, though the eyes of sinful man thy glory may not see. God, who is the Holy Trinity, is really a holy person. People with sins can't boldly look at God and can't help but enter hot fire and brimstone. But what happens to people who are insufficient but confirm through the word of the truth that Jesus Christ had eliminated all their sins? They are people who can enter the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't work by just saying that you believe this with your mouth or by just knowing this with your minds. The Bible says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Bible says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans chapter 10 verse 17. Likewise, people can be born again only by believing in the word of God with their hearts. The Bible said that two people were grinding at the meal. One left and one stayed. Two people were sleeping together. One left and one stayed. A couple lived together. One left and one stayed. Why is that? Those who stayed deceived their hearts when they professed their faith in God. My fellow believers, have you seen the video called The Rapture? The main character in this movie is a woman named Patty. She really believed in Jesus Christ. She paid tithe, lived a good life, did a lot of service, and diligently attended church. 
but her husband didn't know much about Jesus Christ. Then one day after she had been married, her husband met a pastor who insisted that he had been born again. Of course, her husband rejected the gospel when the so-called born-again pastor preached it to him. Actually, the gospel preached by the pastor was not the gospel of the water and the spirit. It was the gospel of the cross alone. Then one day, he was bitten by a poisonous snake. The hospital said he needed a blood transfusion of a snake catcher's blood that was immune to the poison. So the doctor went far away to Africa, brought back a snake catcher's blood that was immune to the poison and gave him a blood transfusion. The poison in his blood disappeared and he became healthy and lived well. Afterwards, that the pastor came to him again and preached the gospel to him of how Jesus Christ eliminated his sins. But Patty's husband said to that pastor, What? I can't believe that. How can you say I have no sins? Listen to what the pastor said next. Let me give you an example. You were clearly bitten by a poisonous snake and you were going to die. But that poison disappeared when you came to have the resistibility by accepting someone's blood that had immunity to the poison. You would have died if you didn't have that blood. That is the same as your sins being eliminated. Jesus Christ took all your sins when he died on the cross for you and was resurrected for you. There is nothing for you to do but to accept the fact that God did that. Just as you lived by accepting that blood, you will receive the remission of your sins and become a child of God if you just accept the work that Jesus Christ performed. Then, Patty's husband said, Oh, I see. He eliminated all my sins because he loves me, regardless of what I do. He took all my sins on the cross because he loves me. That was how Patty's husband accepted Jesus as his Savior. After that, the rapture occurred. One day, Patty's husband was mowing the grass and disappeared all of a sudden. But it wasn't just him. Many people disappeared together. The next day, there was a commotion. The newspapers reported this incident with the headline. People vaporized. In some houses, mothers cried and children cried in others. Many people came out of their houses into the streets looking for their lost family members. As it says in the Bible, the seven-year tribulation began. But there was one thing that Patty didn't understand very well. Her husband had never donated money to the church. She questioned why her husband hadn't done anything and was raptured while she had been very diligent and was left behind. In order to find the answer to her question, she went to the house of her grandmother who truly believed in Jesus, but her grandmother had disappeared too. But there was a booklet on the table that her grandmother had always read to her. Patty read the pamphlet and thought, Jesus eliminated my sins that way, but I didn't accept it. I believed incorrectly that I have received the remission of my original sin, but not my personal sins. Afterwards, she fled from the tribulations and was finally martyred to take place in the belated salvation. 
What is the meaning of the story in the rapture? Even though this film has not been made on the basis of the true gospel of the water and the spirit, Patty thought she would go to the kingdom of heaven because she paid tithing faithfully, lived a good life according to the law, and did a lot of service. But she was left on this earth because she didn't accept the word of God just as it was. On the other hand, her husband whose actions were not good, but who simply accepted the work Jesus Christ did for him was saved. Patty realized that truth as she was being martyred at the end. The Bible says, But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Romans chapter 4 verse 5. We are actually people who have fallen into the flood of sin and can never get out. But God said that if we just know and accept the fact, just as it says that God saved us, everyone puts on the power to become his children. Therefore, you and I must know the fact that Jesus Christ took all our sins by being baptized, and we must at the same time accept the fact just as it is that he shed his blood for us. Jesus Christ came to this earth in the flesh of man in order to save us and fulfilled all God's righteousness by receiving the transference of all our sins by being baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. All these things were indispensable steps in Jesus Christ's salvation. He went through the steps of being baptized before he died on the cross in order to take all the sins of mankind onto himself. This was according to God's just promise. All the sins of mankind went over to Jesus' head by being baptized by John the Baptist, and he was able to carry them on his back and go to the cross, just as the yearly sins of the Israelites went over to the scapegoat when the high priest laid his hands on the head of it in the Old Testament era. That's why the Bible says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John the Baptist, who had baptized Jesus, witnessed of him, saying that he was the Lamb of God who takes away all the sins of everyone in the world. My fellow believers, how did our sins disappear? They disappeared because Jesus personally took them for us. Of course, we didn't transfer them personally to the Lord. John the Baptist, who was the last high priest and the representative of all mankind, transferred all our sins to the Lord. Keep that in mind. Whoever accepts this word of promise as it is can receive the remission of sins without fail. That's right. Jesus Christ took away all the sins of the world. He took away all the sins we commit from the time we were born out of our mother's wombs to the time we die. It says in Hebrews that God, as a being who lives forever, fulfilled the atonement for the sins of this world all at once. Have you placed your faith in this fact in your hearts? I hope that people who don't believe this truth have fellowship with God face to face. Today's scripture passage says, Also I say to you, 
whoever confesses me before men, him the Son of Man also will confess before the angels of God. But he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. Luke chapter 12, verses 8 and 9. What does this mean? The Lord who came as the Son of Man was personally baptized and eliminated all our sins. He now sits on the judgment seat and says, I deny before the angels those who have denied the fact that I eliminated all their sins in the Jordan River. He says that he also acknowledged us as his people if we bear witness of Jesus to others saying, Jesus took all my sins. We come to go to the kingdom of heaven by believing in Jesus while we are living on this earth. Thus, we must profess to the other saying, I have no sins because Jesus took them all. My deeds aren't perfect, but I have no sins because Jesus took them all. I believe in him this way. But the Lord says he will deny us if we deny him out of our ignorance and don't confess Jesus because we are ashamed, saying, I don't think so. Jesus couldn't have taken all my sins. If when asked, have you received the remission of sins? One replies, I have received the remission of sins, but I am ashamed. The Lord says to that person, if you are ashamed of me, I will also be ashamed of you. That is right. Many people are ashamed of the gospel. They ask how it's possible to say we have no sins and they are ashamed of saying so. But you and I must clearly know this. We should never be ashamed that Jesus Christ eliminated our sins for us. God eliminated all our sins because he loves us. Why are you ashamed of that? If we have learned about that truth out of God's love, we must be thankful to God and tell it to people who don't know about it. What is there to be ashamed of? There are many people walking on a wide road now. Only a few are walking on the narrow one. Even if we are among the few walking on the narrow road and aren't acknowledged in the world, we must be thankful to God while living out our faith in the fact that we have no sins because the Lord eliminated them all. The Lord said, You are the light of the world. Matthew chapter 5 verse 14. And he also says, Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Matthew chapter 5 verse 15. My fellow believers, we who have received the remission of our sins are the light of the world. So, Let's boldly spread this gospel. Let's boldly spread the gospel of the remission of sins to all the people of the world. The Bible said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2 verse 38. It thus says in the Bible that a person will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit if they receive the remission of their sins. What do most people say today? When they say in their meetings, receive the Holy Spirit, receive the Holy Spirit, receive fire, receive fire. Foolish sisters say, please come, 
please come. The Holy Spirit is not a person who enters someone because they tell him to do so. They really seem shameless. How can the Holy Spirit enter the heart of a person who has sins? The Holy Spirit can never enter the heart of a person who has sins because he is the Holy One. The Holy Spirit can enter only the heart of a person who has received the remission of sins. Even though this is the truth, those spiritually blind pastors still teach false doctrines to their blind congregations. It is as if they are saying, this color is red, believe it, okay? A blind man can't discern because he can't see anything. They can't believe anything in their hearts, but they merely say they believe. But those blind pastors can't say those things in front of people who really know the Bible. They can't deceive the born-again saints who have their eyes opened to the Bible. Pastors must accurately speak of the spiritual meanings of the Bible passages. Pastors must teach the truth to people whenever they have questions while listening to the word of God. Then they will come to know the truth and receive the remission of all sins in their hearts by that truth. What does it mean to blaspheme against the Holy Spirit? Having believed in Buddhism and advocating it can be forgiven. There are people who say, people who believe in Jesus also lie a lot. So I believe in Buddha. What nonsense it is to say that Jesus is the son of God. This is not the sin of blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. Because they have not known the truth, they will be able to receive the remission of sins if they hear the word of truth later and believe in God. But a person who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit can never be forgiven. What does it mean to blaspheme against the Holy Spirit? It is for a person to say, even though Jesus had eliminated all his sins, he couldn't eliminate them. He only eliminated original sin. He couldn't eliminate my personal sins. Lord, I am a sinner even though I believe in Jesus. People who say this are people who blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. They commit the sin of slandering the Holy Spirit. They must quickly turn themselves around and receive the remission of sins in their hearts because blaspheming against the Holy Spirit can never be forgiven, unlike all the other sins. What is the gospel of truth with which a person can receive the remission of sins in his heart? It is that God, in order to save all mankind, sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth. Jesus put on the flesh of man and was born and took all the sins of mankind by being baptized when he was 30. The word to be baptized means to be transferred, to be cleansed, and to be buried. The sins of our hearts became cleansed by going over to Jesus. This is the reason Jesus Christ was baptized. Many people misunderstand the salvation of God and think, God unconditionally decided to save some people and decided to curse the others beforehand. He took away some people's sins and didn't take away the other people's sins. This is also the way Calvinists believe. But we must know this clearly. The faith above is not right but is instead blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. We don't have to be judged because Jesus Christ took all our sins and died on the cross. 
but people who blaspheme against all the work of salvation that Jesus Christ accomplished on this earth can never be forgiven by God. This is the truth. Then how can someone say, Jesus couldn't take away all our sins? He took away some people's sins, but not others. Jesus Christ clearly took away all the sins of everyone in this world. You and I must clearly know this. God is just. How could the just Lord take away some people's sins and not others? The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John chapter 3 verse 16. The Lord loved everyone in this world, no matter who they are, embraced them all, and took all their sins. Limiting God's power, his wisdom, and the truth that Jesus Christ eliminated all the sins of the world is the sin of blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that Jesus Christ eliminated all the sins of the world once and for all, accomplished the eternal atonement, and sat on the right hand of God. He doesn't eliminate sins anymore. Now is the time to proclaim the beautiful gospel all over the world. So he said, Therefore, whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light. And what you have spoken in the ear in inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. Luke chapter 12 verse 3. People speak to one another. Do you think Jesus took away all sins? No, he took away the sins of those who were chosen and didn't take away the sins of those who were not. How could he take them all away? He couldn't have taken away the sins of people who behave as if they are gods, would he? He surely would not have taken away the sins of such people. He only took away the sins of people who believe in Jesus and at least shed a few tears before him or who try to find the truth like us. How could he take away the sins of such unbelieving people like that? He didn't. What are these people doing now? They are limiting God's power, love, and salvation. That is the sin of blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. It can also be said that it is the sin of blaspheming against the Holy Spirit to also think, Jesus Christ didn't take away all my sins. He took away original sin, but he didn't take away my personal sins. My fellow believers, our Lord came to this earth and took away all the sins of us humans. He took all sins, including those committed over our whole lives, those of our children, those of our parents, those of Adam, those of all his descendants, and even those of the very last child born into this world. That is God's love and his salvation. People who don't know this fact and commit the sin of blaspheming against the Holy Spirit can never be forgiven by God. Even though Jesus has taken away all their sins, they say, I still have sins. How can you say that you have taken them all away? If you have taken them all away, why do I have sin in my heart? I'm going to commit sins in the future. How could you have taken them all away beforehand?
How could you have taken away sins that hadn't been committed yet? My fellow believers, haven't you ever heard of advanced payment? Haven't you ever worked for a company? God took away all the sins that we will commit in the future, just like we draw our salary in advance. Jesus was clearly baptized by John the Baptist. So, my fellow believers, I hope you don't limit what the Holy Spirit does. I hope you don't blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. There are two kinds of people who listen to this gospel. There are people who listen to the gospel and receive the blessing of entering the eternal kingdom like Jacob by accepting the gospel. And there are people who reject the gospel and work hard to try to receive the remission of their sins by their own efforts and power like Esau. What are the results of those people like Esau? They are cursed like Esau. My fellow believers, I will say it once more. I hope you do not blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. Some say that if one ignores the gift of tongues, it is blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. But this is not the sin of blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. Blaspheming against the Holy Spirit is standing against the work Jesus Christ did when he came to this earth. That is, opposing and rejecting the fact that he made us sinless by taking all our sins when he was baptized, dying on the cross, and being resurrected. And it is the sin of blaspheming against the Holy Spirit to say that he could not take all one's sins. That sin can never be forgiven. If you don't know the truth, I hope that you will say you don't know how it happened or that you wish you knew how it happened. I hope that you never say that he didn't take away the sins of the world. If you say the Lord didn't take all your sins, even though he did, there is no longer any way for you to receive the remission of sins. I want all the people of the world to receive the remission of sins. If you will not accept it, I will go out to just anyone and spread the gospel to them, and God will give them the blessings that were intended for you if they accept the gospel. The Lord said, Now when they bring you to the synagogues and magistrates and authorities, do not worry about how or what you should answer or what you should say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Luke chapter 12, verses 11 and 12. Since 99% of Christians haven't received the remission of sins, and less than 1% of all Christians have received the remission of sins, mainstream Christianity labeled the sinless saints as heretics in the world. People with political power and the background of large denominations regard those who have received the remission of sins as heretics. But God told us not to worry about this phenomenon. Jesus promised us he would keep us and make us say what we need to say. So do not fear large denominations. Do not fear their power. Abandon their leaven. Only then can you be completely born again by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit. I earnestly hope that you become truly born again by hearing and believing in the word of the gospel of the water and the spirit. Hallelujah!